welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Even The Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there's an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. The pieces are falling into place for some players for their endgame. But are they driving with the right passengers? It's time to talk all things Survivor 42. And joining me on this road trip, it's Flower. How are you? Hi, I'm really good. I'm um, recovering from a crazy, crazy week. But it's fun because I I watch Survivor with all of my roommates. So I feel like it's like the middle of my week. Like I get to just hang out with them and not think about anything else that's happening in the world. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to talk a little bit about Survivor with you because I feel like everyone I talk to about it is just so particular about it. So I feel like I haven't really, anytime I talk to someone else outside of this little circle of friends that watch it together, um, I just learn so much. It's kind of, I'm like, wow, we all kind of talk about the same shit, but just so differently. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what? It's, It's a great show. I've been watching since season one. Since this is your first time on a Survivor recap, love to have listeners learn about your journey into survivor when did you start watching so i'm trying to remember because i think it was either right before the start of the pandemic or in the middle of the pandemic I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was right before the start of it um and my roommate was watching it and i watched a few episodes with her and i was like actually this is pretty cool but i never thought i would really dive in ever and then i ended up watching like half of the seasons that are available within the span of like three months and then I burned myself out as you do you know (laughs) oh absolutely um did you have a favorite season of the ones you watched or a favorite player water the first Mm -hmm. blood versus water was so good that's kind of I think because that was one of the first ones that I watched even though I didn't really know anyone who was on it from previous seasons it was still so juicy that I was like wow I'm hooked I want to know where these people's origin stories come from yeah yeah, it was a good cast. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was a big fan of that season. Um, now, Survivor 42. You watch it with your roommates. What are your initial thoughts on the season so far? It's really good. It's yeah. really good, especially because like I'm comparing it so heavily to 41 because 40, 41 and 42 were the only ones that I watched while we were on the air, right? So sure. I'm, I can't even compare it to 40 because 40 was a shit show dumpster fire but like in the best way possible all different beast (laughs) um so 41 and 42 are just so similar that i have to compare them and compared to 41 like i think this one is just moving at a pace that i'm so excited about like 41 everyone was kind of like um just like crouching through and trying to make sure like people were playing hard but like this is a lot different i feel like everyone is really here to play in a way that is kind of aggressive but like smart and strategic 
Absolutely. And, and I think what I I've been saying about this season is the characters are just so much better. The characters <laughs> are real and authentic and even the ones you don't care for, they're at least likable villains. Yeah. The ones you don't care for, I feel like they pop up and you're like, Oh wait, that was kind of cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I find like, I, like exciting I hate Tori. I hate Tori, but the past two episodes are like, I'm, okay. Okay. I get you now. I'm, I'm feeling, I still don't like you, but I'm, I'm I respect you. Oh, uh, Tori is such an anomaly. I can't lie for like the first four episodes. Um, how many episodes are we in now? Is that this four? is episode seven. <laughs> okay. No, great. For the first four episodes, I could not for the life of me, um, tell the difference between Tori and Lindsay I just couldn't do it (laughs) and like we have uh amongst me and my friends we do like a little like survivor fantasy league like we have a team drafted and all that good stuff and for the longest time I was like which white girls on my team I can't remember (laughs) (laughs) yeah but what I also love about the season is the representation um uh it's it's a very queer cast I think that's what makes it so special too. Um, five. Because, five. Yeah. And, it, you know, for a long time, I watched it and I felt so far away from it. I was like, this kind of exists in a different world and more of a yeah. hetero, straight, white world. Right. And now I'm kind of like feeling really excited about future seasons. And, and like, of course, all of my friends talk about applying and like getting on. Would what you that would feel like? I think about it all the time. I'm trying really hard in an acting career, so I don't think I can. But that's fair. That's <laughs> I don't fair, think that's fair. I don't think my Survivor to um, Oscars pipeline is really available right now. Listen, Jennifer Hudson was on American Idol, and then she won an Oscar. But yeah, that was the first. That was when you could do it. That's when you could do it. <laughs> oh my god, American Idol seasons like one through ten, they're fine. Yeah. Everyone else is like who. Exactly. Um, but no, it really, uh, but having so many queer characters kind of like makes it a lot more fun for queer people to watch and engage. I feel like it taps into a whole other demographic that wouldn't have had it. And it I feels agree. really special for that reason. Absolutely. All right, let's dive in. They're merged and they're also called Kula Kulu. I don't know what it means. I'm sure someone can tell us. But Mike says that the majority of the tribe had to make a decision and Lydia had to go home. He says that it was the right decision for his core alliance. And what's funny is he said he'd take a bullet for Lydia last week. So how much can you really truly trust this man? I don't Mike. get it. Wait. He's a liar. Mike, yes. Absolutely. He's a liar. So, I don't like him. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like him either. I feel like a lot of people like his style and like how he kind of is like trying to be relatable. But I kind of am... I'm anti-Mike. Yeah, I don't really like yeah. that energy. You know, when you, like, I mean, sometimes, I don't know, you pass a fire station, you're like, oh, I don't want you to save me from a fire. You know, right. <laughs> that's kind of how you know about Mike. Yeah, because you want a hot, hunky man to save you from a fire. <laughs> well, he is, he is kind of hunky. Here, he has a little daddy energy, for sure. But that's, that's that the here. team. <laughs> well, Tori, Chanel, Romeo, and Marianne are currently on the outs. They are the rats who scurry away when the lights turn on. And we're going to see Chanel talk to Hai, who lies and says that they scrambled at the end of the day. He says she didn't know because she was on the beach. She is not happy to be on the wrong side of the numbers and asks Hai to not leave her out. She was playing chess while everyone else was playing checkers, a classic line from Survivor we've heard before. Now we're going to have Romeo talking to Drea, 
He voted the way she told him to vote, and that was not the person who went home. She's going to claim that she thought Mike told him, Lydia, and he says that she's his alliance, and she was the one who should have told him. We're going to get a little bit of a con- illuminating confessional from Drea as to the tension between her and Romeo. We were a little confused last week, but she's going to tell us that things have changed when they got to the merge, as he's been totally different and more paranoid. She says if Romeo has to go, Romeo has to go. I found this very fascinating because usually we see the tension between core alliance members. We didn't see this between the two of them until this week. Where did yeah. this come from? I kind of felt like it came out of nowhere either because I felt like Romeo was playing this like kind of like snake through the grass game, right? Where like I didn't think he was really that cool with anyone, but I knew that he was always on the right side of stuff because of the way he handled situations, you know? Right. And but to see him and Drea kind of come together during the last episode, especially when like that fucking like eight person alliance came up and I was like, this is how, this is such a huge alliance. But right. I guess this is how you play. Um, but seeing Drea and Romeo during the scramble after Tribal made me just go, I, I really am like, there's, there's so much you see on Survivor and then here, this is the moment where you're like, oh, this is actually something that kind of boils under the surface and then it pops up at some point. Yeah. It's, now, a, Mary it's a game Ann, that keeps you guessing. Absolutely. Marianne will hear from Lindsay, who tells her, even though she voted for her, she still trusts her. She says it sucks to be left out of the vote, but she feels like she's the, at the bottom of the tribe. We're going to get a bit of an emotional confessional, most likely for the viewers to fall in love with Marianne even more. As she says, she feels like she's flashing back to elementary school where she found out who she was and hoped she would be accepted and not be too weird, but she would be with the cool kids. She's feeling like it sucks. She feels like she sucks. There is something wrong with her. And that's why people don't want to work with her. And that sounds like my um, mindset on a nightly basis. So relatable is the thing. Like, I was like, this is cringy, but why is this what I think before I go to bed? Like, right, right. I was like, oh my God, we're all Marianne. Well, we kind of are. I feel like that's why I... In the beginning, especially, I was so like, Mary Ann, tone it down. Because I was like, oh, that was something, that's something I would do or say. Right. <laughs> it really get me in trouble. Absolutely. All right. It's day 15. And Mike tells us he has represented the old crowd, a.k.a. the 15% off at Denny's crowd. Um, how much longer do I have to wait for that? Because I love Denny's. 55. Right? So how long? Like, you have a while. So do I. 20 years. <laughs> Wait, really? That's less than half of my life. That's not good. It's still a really long time from now. (laughs) But honestly, I'm excited for that time in my life. I would like a lot of pancakes at all times once I honestly that's the my mom is technically a senior citizen and she doesn't take advantage of this shit. I'm like, 10% off of things is good. It helps. It always does. It adds up. She looks young, so she doesn't want to be like accused of not being her age i'm like just do it do it lady she doesn't want to be clocked oh my god exactly now he says the important thing for him is to be a person to trust and talk to and we're going to get a really cool real world moment from mike as he's going to watch omer as he does his morning prayers and i bet all those super southern christian fans of the show are writing letters to cbs the second that scene started but mike says he's learning from omar about islam and he is offering to share They had an off-camera conversation about it where Mike realizes that they're all not that different. 
survivor bringing world peace you know it's always the white guy too who's like can you teach me will you yeah. show me and i always. was that's the only thing i could think about i was like mike i see what you're doing here i mean te- i mean he is he is technically puerto rican i don't know how, what percentage but um, oh, he is i didn't know that he is yeah because oh uh, he was one of the first puerto rican um uh fire in uh hoboken oh my gosh i'm, I'm just talking out of my ass that i have no idea well, well thing, he, he, he's white passing he's definitely white passing there you go yeah that's why i mean that's why that's why i look at him and i'm like I yeah. get a certain vibe from you that I would not want to be around in person. I agree. Know? I agree. Well, Omar finds Mike to be interesting and likes that when he experiences new things, he embraces it rather than running away. He can align with him long-term. And I have a feeling between this moment and Marianne's moment, we're watching two or three long haulers for the rest of the season because we're getting these personal moments between both Marianne and Mike and Omar almost. Yeah, I, it's, I feel like everyone's getting such a story in a way that I haven't really seen before. Yeah. Um, except for Romeo. <laughs> well, yeah. I, we got a little bit at some point, but um, them especially, it feels like we're really tapping into their emotions because they just have a lot of them or something. Uh-huh. But I'm wondering if that means going forward, you know? Absolutely. Well, Omar and Chanel return with Tree Mail and their flag painting supplies. More on that one later. I kind of miss hearing the tree mail messages. That was such a quintessential part of the show in the olden days. Yeah, I feel like I watched only a few seasons with that. So it kind of, it kind of, how like, yeah, actually, no, I don't remember. When did they do those? It, it was really the early seasons, I guess, because it was also the audience learning about the show. And the longer the, the fan base watched, they kind of knew what challenges and everything. But it was always fun to see them speculate what was about to happen. Well, that's what confessionals are kind of like, right? I mean, that's exactly. They're kind of for. Totally. Well, Tori wants this reward because she knows when people are eating, they're relaxed and talk more. And she sees this as a great opportunity as she was not in the vote the night before. We were doing so well with no fourth wall breaking this season. But here's number one for this episode. Yes, I said that right. Jeff will tell us that in Survivor 41, they put an advantage on the same bench and my love Xander didn't find it. Oh um, I love that Jeff is basically calling Xander an idiot for not finding it, but well, it's hard. To. Someone has to. Yeah. I they are going to be doing it again. <laughs> They're going to be doing it again, but this time it's going to be a beware advantage instead of an idol. He ends it with, if it doesn't get found, not only will I be surprised, I'll be disappointed. And I was like, wow, that is such a parental mood. Oh, yeah. Daddy Jeff is not going to be happy. Yeah. Oh, my God, Daddy Jeff. That's kind of what he's, that's what he's giving now, for sure. (laughs) I feel like last season he was in his state, done the same thing, like just literally being like, hello, like this is Survivor. What are you doing? You know, like just, (laughs) love him. All right, the challenge is as follows. They will be randomly divided into two teams. They will leap into the water and maneuver a buoy through obstacles. And once they get to all the buoys, they will toss them into a basket. So what are they playing for? PB&J and potato chips, but no milk. Um, how are they going to get all that peanut butter out of their mouth if they don't got milk? They're going to have to go into the ocean and just rinse it out. <laughs> That's salty water. <laughs> um, are you a fan of peanut butter and jelly? I love peanut butter and jelly. Okay. I really you would do. definitely yeah. want this reward. 
I would love this reward. I'm like, I'm an uncostable kind of girl, but I will take any kind of PB and J. So they're going to divide into their two teams. On blue, we have Jonathan, Tori, Roxroy, Mike, and Chanel. Orange, we have Drea, Hi, Lindsay, Omer, and Romeo. With Marianne getting gray, she has no shot for reward until Drea's like, I don't like peanut butter and jelly, so she's going to offer to switch spots with Marianne. Now, good move, bad move. I mean, clearly a good move. She found the advantage, you know? Yeah. I was, well, I, I mean, I think uh, I would think that too. If I'm like, ugh, I don't know if I can, if, if I know that I need to conserve my energy, I'm going to sit out for yeah. a reward, like when nothing is at risk. Absolutely. But food is food. Food is food, but seems like Jerry is a picky eater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Dre gets on the bench and she knows. She knows how the show works. She likes advantages and she is just a freaking magnet to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's stacked. She has four. She has yeah. four right now. Now, when the challenge starts, we have Jonathan and Lindsay do perfect dives and I lived. I was like, Lindsay was doing a really good job keeping up with Jonathan. Then when High and Chanel are in the water, Drea will find the advantage. Now, it's now a matter of getting it. My theory was that the best time to grab it is when they are shooting balls because all their focus is on the balls. But she decided to do it while there were still people jumping in. In the end, it worked. Jeff's not going to be disappointed. Someone found the idol. Um, Now, Marianne screams as she leaves off the tower. And I was like, that is so many people I know they would do that. No, it's that energy. It's that I would do that. I would literally do that. That is a continuation of Marianne is the most relatable character on Survivor right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now Blue is in the lead. Roxroy, though, he is not good at basketball. He was not hitting any ball. But when Orange gets the balls, Omer nails one. He nails two. He gets three, four in a row. Who would have bet that Omer would be one athletic and be two good at basketball? I didn't. It was exhilarating. I was shocked and I was so happy because I, because I'm falling in love with Omar or Omar. I like really, I don't know. I I feel like at first I was like, oh, you're a little sneaky and you're also really quiet. So I don't really know what you're doing here. Um, but I've really fallen for him, especially the last two times he's like come in and really control the boat without yeah. having a boat. Right. Um, he, he's so he's was very so- very smart. He's very smart at this game. But he misses two. Yeah, he misses two, and Jonathan gets five in a row because Aquaman can do it all. Um, it's a comeback. Blue wins. They're going to get their peanut butter and jelly. I don't get it. Why? If you know this man can do everything, literally everything, why is he still there? I thought the same thing. I really thought that he was going to go home either last episode or this episode, um, which is just crazy. Yeah, I think it's such a dumb move on everyone's part. I guess if they if he's feeding them, though, then they're not going to want to get rid of that. But, yeah. like, y'all got to be a little self-sufficient. Also, I need to bring it up. Like, Jonathan's super strength is crazy. The way he catapulted himself over the wall in this episode, and then the last episode single-handedly pushed that boulder. Yeah. I like I I was not impressed. I was scared that people like. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's super strength. It's it's it, it's not human. Mm-hmm. And every time I'm gonna, I feel like there's a new drinking game of take a drink every time Jonathan talks about how many calories he consumes. 
Oh, let's get ready for it. <laughs> because back at camp, we see the winners have a basket of brown bag lunches and water. So there's there's no milk, there's water. I don't know why they couldn't get milk, but that's fine. Now, they're going to be enjoying it, and especially Jonathan, who for another week tells us how much of a beast he is. He tells us he usually ha- is 250 pounds and he eats 4,000 to 5,000 calories a day. Are we supposed to take this as like, awesome, good for you, man, or is this just like part of his character quirk that he's just a beef head? I think it is. I think that's, I think he lives, breathes, sleeps like muscle. So, yeah. so I think that that's what we're going to get all season until he's sweated out. Unless, unless he doesn't. Unless, yeah. He says that he knows any food he gets will help him think clear. Now the losers around the fire are like, where Lindsay is going to give a moral boosting pep talk saying that they all did a great job and it doesn't matter that they didn't win. Hi says being so close, it wasn't, he's not even upset. This team morale is like nothing we've ever seen on the show before. Why are they so happy that they didn't win? Like second place doesn't get you a million dollars. I know. No, well, they're, 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 well, because Omar was the one who almost nailed it for everyone. I think he was just so happy that like his performance showed. So it would be like me winning a challenge for the team. No, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, it totally well, I mean, is. I feel like I'd be the same way, too. I feel like I'd be terrible at challenges until some random challenge would come up and I'd dominate. Exactly. Well, Omer is all about creating options, and he's not closing any doors, so we're going to watch him scheme a little bit. Hi is going to say to a group that Tori is the easy vote, but then the obvious vote is either Chanel or Romeo. He's going to warn Omer not to say anything to Tori because she's so good at creating chaos. He also has an individual alliance with each outlier Omer does. Like he tells Chanel that it's between Romeo and Marianne. He tells the same thing to Marianne, but just switches the names around. He now has intel coming from every side of the game. How do you think he's playing? Is it a strong social game because he doesn't seem like a threat? I think that it is really strong. I feel like people who play like this go under the radar um, when they're really playing hard. I mean, they're stacking up what they can talk about at Final Tribal. Or Final yeah. Tribal. Final Journey. Whatever. Um, so, I don't know. the Final the, Tribal. <laughs> Final Tribal. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I think he's just trying to stack things up, making sure that he has a good um, has some good, good resume going on yeah. so that he can ultimately be the winner. Um, which I think is a really good strategy. And I think if you play it smart enough and if you can win an immunity challenge every once in a while, I think it's probably the best strategy for you. I agree. This is definitely a gameplay that I would adapt and adopt for my own um, social game um, because I'm not going to be someone who's going to be a target by um, any means. But I am pretty good at the social game by letting people talk to me. And I think that's exactly what he's doing. He'll put that little seed in your ear, but he's not telling you exactly what to do. And that's brilliant gameplay in my mind. So many blabbermouths on this season too. Everyone just tells everyone everything. I know. We discussed it before on the podcast that I think you just get excited and you want to tell someone and you're like, wait, that's a bad idea. Well, we're going to see some people searching for some things while Drea gets to read her advantage. She has a clue to a secret advantage, and the clue says that it is hidden five paces from your water well under a coconut. 
You must move quickly and cover your tracks or you risk being caught red-handed. She heads to the water well before anyone gets there to talk. And when she finds a coconut, there's a hole. She puts her hand in and she gets the advantage and a handful of red paint. I live, she literally got caught red-handed. It was such a good moment. It was like... It was like the low-hanging fruit joke that I needed this season. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen such literalness on the show. You're, yeah, it was so literal. And now people are going to look at advantages in the future and be like, okay, what's going to happen? She's going to try to wash her hand off before anyone can see. But it's now time to reveal what advantage she got. It is the most powerful advantage Survivor has. The knowledge is power advantage. For those who don't remember, this is the advantage that Liana had last season that allowed her to ask one player if they had an advantage or an idol, and if they do, they have they would be able to take it. Obviously, we know that Xander was able to pull a fast one on her, and it backfired on Liana. And I still a, love that moment. That was a fun moment because Liana was so convinced that she was going to get it too. She was like, "Xander's so such an idiot." Yeah, so good. So, how do you think Drea will play this? As she not only knows who has the idols, but she knows who has the amulets too. Does she have too much power, and will the power play her? I think there's a really good possibility that that could happen. Only because I, when I look at Drea, I'm like, you have so much that you're just sitting on, yeah. and I think that it's all gonna like. I think it's all going to kind of explode at once for her because she's a part of this huge alliance, but she also has other stuff going on and she has all these advantages. Yeah, I think that at some point she, it's going to get to her head and she might explode. I mean, we are already at the final 10. There's, we know now next week, two people are going home. That means we're going to have um, only like four votes before we get to six people and she's not going to be able to use certain things. She's got to use them now. And like, she does have the time to do them each week, but she's just got to play it smartly and play it with the right people. That's where I'm nervous for her. I think she is so greedy that she's going to play herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we see it happen a lot is like the misuse of an idol or an advantage where it's like, yeah, you were either way too selfish with it or like really, I mean, I guess it's the only two ways you can really play it. Like you're really too selfish with it. You hoard it for yourself until the final time that you can use it when you really don't need it. Um, or you can just give them to everyone and then have nothing for yourself in the end, you know? Right. But I think, yeah, I'm not... No, I'm not I, I do not see her sharing anything. She is a very selfish player, which is fine. You, it's getting her this far, but I think she wants to use it all on herself to help her. So she can say she had a resume of, look what I had to do. Well, I hope she breaks that because I really do like Drea. I think that she has, like, her, I think her gameplay is smart. And I, I just think that right now she might be aligned with maybe the wrong people and it's putting her yeah. in a bad spot. Absolutely. Well, back at camp, Tori is going to see that there is some red stuff on Drea's arm. She asks if it was blood, and she says, no, she was painting the flag, but Tori knows better. We have now seen others make fake idols using the paint before. She could have easily said she was making a fake idol and bring Tori in onto this lie. At least it was a lie and not a truth. But Tori notices that Drea has something in her lap now, and she's covering it up with her bag. She's up to something. So, of course, Miss Mouth Almighty is going to share her knowledge of power and tell Marianne about the paint moment. 
Drea knows Tori suspects something and does not trust her, but every time she trusts Tori, Tori is either trying to blindside her or get her out of the game. Time will tell what will happen next, and if I'm using these clues properly, I think Tori's going to be the one to get Drea. I think so, too. I think Tori is a lot smarter than I gave her credit for in the beginning. Um, and seeing her dominate at the individual immunities is just like... I know, I'm skipping Insane. a little bit, but... It's wild to see. And I, yeah, I mean, she's suspicious of Drea off, off the bat. So it's only a matter of time unless Drea can get her out. That's the thing with these moves is that I feel like no one is really getting the people out that are really big threats to them. Right. Because they're all saying they're, they're a shield for me, they're a shield for me. Well, at some point, those shields are going to be too strong to get you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you let them sit too long, they're going to charge up. They're going to be a super shield. and then Exactly. <laughs> Well, remember how I said we would get another fourth wall-breaking moment? Here we are again. Jeff reminds us that in Survivor 41, at this very point, they gave the players the option to sit out of the challenge in exchange for an individual portion of rice. They're going to do it again, but the stakes are going to be higher. He's going to make it enough rice for four days with the goal of getting six players, more than half the tribe, to sit out. But he's going to settle for four if they push hard enough. Oh, and then he warns future players that he's not an easy negotiator, and next season the monster might have a bigger appetite greedy that was so yeah that is the biggest indicator of a greedy bottom in front of everyone <laughs> yep Jeff is green bottom. um no it was weird i was re-watching the episode i was like wait i missed that the first time and how could i <laughs> now immunity is back up for grabs and in this challenge they are going to balance on a narrow perch while holding a buoy between two handles if they fall or the buoy falls they are out last person standing wins immunity how would you do in this challenge? Because I would fail miserably. I my balance because of my back the past year, I've I have no balance left. I'm in physical therapy and trying to do balance work, and I'm like, I don't have it anymore. What happened? Yeah, I mean, I am, I'm pretty bad with my balance too. I think that I I think that I would probably sit out. I would definitely sit yeah. out actually. Oh oh, same. <laughs> Now, Jeff is going to make them their offer. He tells them if they feel safe and want to give up immunity, they can trade it for an individual portion of rice. Or if enough of them are willing to give up immunity, they will get enough rice for everyone for four days. Jonathan, of course, will ask how many people have to step out for the big bag. And Jeff says, make me an offer I can't refuse. Marianne starts with two and Jeff is like, no, nine. And they're like, that's a non-starter. Hi and Mike will say three. Omar is like four and Jeff is like, here is why I think six is fair. The grumbles from everyone on that beach. Whew. He says it has to be more than half a tribe. High is going to ask who wants to sit out. Lindsay is going to offer as she knows she will not do well in the challenge. Drea needs to eat and offers to sit out. So there's two right there. Mike says he will not sit out as he came to play. Romeo will say five. And Jonathan's like, meet us at four. Stop saying five. Marianne is now going to offer to sit out, and they have three. And Jeff says, give me one more. And they're going to huddle, and Marianne will give a very impassioned plea that she wants to compete, but they all need food. She knows that there are people who are in a better position than her. She's going to start to cry and says, it would mean so much if they know they're in this position that they could sacrifice themselves. She knows she can go home due to this decision, but knowing she's giving them a chance to move forward, it's prompting Omer to be person number four. What would you do in this situation? In, what do you mean? In terms of like sitting out? Or... Well, sitting out, but also if you know you are safe, 
Do you listen to Marianne? Do you take the bait? No, no. I think I think it's kind of a ridiculous uh, ploy or tactic to kind of try to use that as leverage in yeah. getting. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Honestly, to me, I I see through that really quickly. Like when someone starts crying, I'm like, are you crying because you're feeling something, or are you crying because you want me to feel something? You know. Yeah. And so I think that. There was a lot of that that I felt from that situation. But for other people, people just pick up on, people are just like, oh, you're totally upset. Okay, cool. Now, remember how we saw Marianne get emotional before? Well, she's changing her story a bit and she's saying she's ramping up her emotion to make people people feel bad about voting her out. People say you can't play with emotion and here she is using emotions as a weapon. And I was like, I love that. This she's She is better than we're, we're making her out to be. I think so too, but I do think because what isn't she the one who lied about her age? No, that was that no. was Swati. Um, yeah, but either way, I think Mary Ann is very young, and I think that's a way that it kind of shows a little bit. You know, I feel like trying to use sorry. Also, that my cat is going crazy right now. <laughs> cat love Survivor. Yeah, he does. He really does. Um, no, but I feel like he. I feel like. With Marianne, yeah, she's young and she could use that to her advantage right now. Absolutely. Not do it. Jonathan's going to say that he's thankful for the four sitting out and he will make it up to them. And we'll see what that means a little later. This is not one of those challenges that we can really analyze, especially because they fall like flies. High is down within seconds. Roxroy drops. Mike is out. Romeo is out. We're already down to three. Chanel, Tori, and Jonathan. After 10 minutes, Mark is called. There is some wobbling, but it is about to be Chanel who's down next, and it's going to be Tori versus Jonathan. Not the duo I would have thought in this in this final. Well, I think they're going to be the strongest immunity immunity uh, challenge people. Like they're yeah. always going to be like just neck and neck. I think. In the shocker of all shockers, Tori wins the showdown. She gets her second straight immunity ever. Ever would I have imagined that going into the season? I kind of seen it. I mean, well, yeah, because I don't even really remember her outshining in um, any of the group. No, not at all. Well, Jeff's going to inform them that the odds for the shot in the dark will be the same, but there will now be 12 scrolls with two that are safe. With Tori winning, Dre is pissed off. Now they have to figure out who is going to go home. If It, it will be between Marianne, Stone, Romeo. If they got to go, they got to go. Back at camp, High is discussing the Marianne challenge sacrifice and how this helped them get the rice as it was so necessary. Will this affect his decision? He's going to still put Mary on the, Marianne on the chopping block next to Chanel and Romeo. He says Chanel has not been loyal to him and Mike. She is the plan going into tribal. Now, Mike is going to tell the OG Orange people that it's Chanel, and now they must make her feel comfortable. He tells Romeo the same thing, and he is willing to go with them and put her name down. This is a revenge vote for Mike because she voted for him when she didn't have to. Is revenge okay on Survivor? It never works out. It never works out. It's like throwing a challenge. You know, yeah. like, why, why would you do it? Just, like, do the most strategic thing, not what you're holding a vendetta against, because it will come back to haunt you. I right, think, because like, yeah. especially for Mike, knowing Chanel's in a very vulnerable position, he could use her as a number. Use her as a number or use her as like a shield for someone else that he could go after. Like if you exactly. want to go after anyone in the alliance, he could 
hide the vote from Chanel. Ultimately. Right. For him, if, if they get rid of Romeo this week, he can still offer Chanel next week. Yeah. But it seems like that's not his, that, that's not what he does. He is like, nope. I'm not, I'm never going to forgive you. You are always going to be dangerous to me, you know? Yep. Now back at camp with Chanel and Marianne there, Hyde leaves the conversation that the consensus is for Romeo. They want her to vote Romeo just in case she has an idol or plays a shot in the dark. She wants to let targets emerge on their, on their own, so her plan will be to vote Romeo. Now, Romeo is going to share that the Kula Kula tribe is the Kumbaya tribe who wants to sit around the fire and tell stories, and usually when you don't have an immunity necklace around your neck, you get worried. With Chanel being super calm and super quiet, Romeo is going to get a little, little bit paranoid. He said he was blindsided last vote and is worried he can be blindsided again. He says he thought he had an alliance with Drea and Rox, but she hasn't looked at him. So cue that uncomfortable conversation. He's going to come in a little heated with her and states that they haven't talked and she tells him that he is paranoid and needs to settle down. He doesn't care if she tells him she hasn't heard his name. He has to assume that he could go home. <sighs> Drea is bad at conversations. She's really bad. The one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. I mean, she could be a lot better, is what I'll say, especially in that situation, because I feel like Romeo just needed something to feel safe, and Drea could not provide that. Right, absolutely not. Romeo is going to... Tori's going to tell Romeo that she's heard it's either going to be Chanel or Marianne. Oh, and your name has been going around. Now, was this honesty from her, or is she just trying to stir the pot? Um, she's going to tell him that it was Roxroy who said it, so... It, was, it seemed pretty honest, honestly. When I saw it happen, I was like, oh, you just... You don't... You have no stake in this, so... Right. Why not just... Now, Romeo's going to go tell Rox, and Romeo will tell Omer that Rox said it, and now Omer is like, I shall use this information to my advantage. He sees that Romeo's paranoid and now thinks Romeo is a target and might play himself out of the game. Omer will share this with High, and High, who is getting a little bit of a power trip going on, is not happy and is willing to switch the vote to Romeo. He finds that paranoia is ridiculous. High doesn't like chaos because he can't control the environment, so he's willing to sacrifice Romeo to the survivor gods. And I'm like, isn't that your own version of paranoia going on here? That's exactly what it is. I mean, I think on that island, of course, everyone's going to get a little paranoid and start yeah. trying to put as many plans into play as possible. Oh my god, I'm alive. Please, do you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> now, hi. We'll ask Jonathan if it's too late to change the vote to Romeo, as he's still confused by Romeo's strategy. Mike's going to basically shut down the idea of Romeo. Andrea's like, I told you he's paranoid. And again, the irony, high is paranoid, but we're going to save this for another episode when things might be so messy for him. There is nothing more Mike wants than Chanel to go home as he finds her a snake. Mike is going to tell Roxroy that the vote is not changing. He is street smart. His social game is good. It comes naturally to him. He is going to try to convince his alliance to not vote out Romeo. Is, is it smart to go all in for Romeo here? I don't know. No, yeah, you have this. If if Romeo was a part of that alliance with eight, and you still need to get out, what, like five other players, six other players? Then exactly. And again, if he can use Chanel to his advantage, he might as well use her. I think someone just really needs to hold Romeo and just tell him everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what he needs right now. All right. Well, who is going to go at Tribal Council? It is time to find out. 
it's a rainy night at tribal and i they do it didn't rain like super hard um we haven't had one of those travels yet but it was raining and jeff made a knowledge just going to ask Jonathan if the people who volunteer to sit out would be safe. And he said he will not vote for them as it helped them, Mr. Jeff. So good decision for the four of them, uh, especially Marianne here. Yeah, Mary. I wonder if that would have been the same case if someone else had sat out like Chanel or right. Romeo. You know, I wonder if that would have been the case. I'm sure it would have been actually. Now I think, about I think it. so. Seems like Jonathan is nice to sticking to his word. Yeah, he is very honest. Now, no one can vote for Tori for the second time. She says this time it's a little different than last time as everyone wants to be with the group. Everyone wanted to be in the know. Romeo says that Kula Kula is a unified group, but that will be interesting as it can't last forever, forever and it won't. High says there was a unified group except for those who are out of the group, which could be, in fact, several people. It's all based on perception. He says, if you're going around being suspicious and paranoid and spreading information, you're more than likely not in the group. Wow, could that be more pointed? It could be a little bit. He could have said some names. <laughs> <laughs> Romeo. Now, Jay's going to follow it up with the, to being scared to align with people and what they can do can may be detrimental to your game, depending on how they act around others. You can do whatever you can to save them, but... It, it's not your family. And I was like, again, just say Romeo's name, or are you trying to throw Chanel off here? I mean, I think that I think maybe they wanted Romeo to squirm a little bit. Like, you need to feel this a little bit and know that you are in trouble and that yeah. anything could kind of happen tonight. Chanel says not everyone is equally good reading tells because then everyone would be on the same page. They're not because someone is going home and they and maybe others won't know. Mike's going to say that he takes pride in reading people as there are a lot of good liars in the world. You know, you don't know who is lying or not. You got to have trust in your gut. Jeff says that this is the beginning of a road trip and is deciding who's going on the road trip. Romeo says that it will become apparent in the next couple days, but some of the people don't realize if they're not constantly hanging out or talking doesn't mean that they're not, uh, there's not an alliance there. Jeff's going to continue the car analogy and asked Chanel if she's confident that she's in the right automobile. She says she hopes she is, but unless you have immunity, you can't be certain. Again, trust your gut. <laughs> what analogy would you make if you were at Trouble Council? We've had so many on the show at this point. I think that it would be probably a lot of half-empty, half-full analogies coming from me. Uh-huh. Is the cup half empty, half full is the bowl. You know what I mean? Shit like that. I feel like that's, yeah. I'm not very good at analogies, but that's the one I rely on heavily. <laughs> or you can start working on one, like at least one time in theater school and then go from there. <laughs> no, because then I would be insufferable and someone would have to vote <laughs> me out that night. <laughs> All right. Well, Marianne is going to piggyback on what Chanel says and say, you might not even be in the car. The car has four seats and you're the fifth person trying to squeeze in and it means you're choosing the wrong car. Jeff asks Lindsay if she wants to be the driver or the passenger or in the back, and she smartly says that the answer changes throughout the game because sometimes you want to be in the driver's seat and sometimes you want to take a nap in the passenger seat. You're still going to get there. And it's like, ooh, good pickup. That was a very good answer. I feel like as as this analogy went on, I really felt like it was a clown car. I really oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I just kept picturing them all huddling into a tiny-ass vehicle. Absolutely. Um, I do like where they went with it, though. 
Well, hi adds that if you're in the driver position, you need to know when to let someone else drive. And if you don't, you better be wearing a seatbelt. My favorite moment. That's what they named the episode. You better yes, be wearing they a seatbelt. Um, uh, what a, I uh, wonder if they I get really like residuals can't. if they like are the title of the episode. That get, is like an extra hundred dollars. That would be that would be sick, honestly, because I feel like there are so many also just good sound bites that come out of oh yeah survivor generally that like why they really deserve a lot more money than what they're probably getting paid um <laughs> but i mean they also kind of get a vacation so i guess they're getting paid heavily yeah a vacation with no food <laughs> oh well, well it's beautiful it's still a beautiful place to be oh absolutely all right jeff returns no one's playing an idol no one's playing advantage no shot in the dark the vote is seven votes for chanel three votes for romeo and one vote for high Let's break it down. We're going to have Drea, Hi, Jonathan, Lindsay, Mike, Roxroy, and Tori voting for Chanel. We have Marianne, Omer, and Chanel voting for Romeo, and Romeo throwing a vote out for Hi. I love, first off, that they're all like, bye, I love you, and Chanel's like, sure. Lols. I was, how, I was just shocked that um, Romeo didn't play a shot in the dark if he was so paranoid or worried or anything. Right. Because I, I guess probably, yeah. he only has one shot to do it, and I guess he felt maybe by getting there that it was not the person, which is why I think maybe those comments from High and um, Drea might have been decoy. Um, mm. Was this the right move? Yes and no. It was the right move mm. for certain people, but it, I don't think it was the right move for others. Yeah. Um... Jonathan's still there. Jonathan's still there. Hi, who is like also a really strong player, although I'm seeing a few cracks in him, especially the oh, last yeah. two episodes, yes. um, is still there, but still a huge threat, you know? Like, I really think that those two especially could go far in this game. Um, and yeah, it just kind of feels like you took out a weak player. You you took out a weak player instead of making a bold move, and now I'm like, where, what easily, is now? Easily have dragged her to the end. Yeah, and and not even to the end. Like, you didn't even have to. Because I think that if Chanel had stayed in, I think something could have happened. I think the, I'm also shocked that everyone who's on the outs did not come together to try to make any kind of plan to get anyone else out. So here is, yeah. here's what I have to say about that. Because Omar didn't vote with the majority. <clears throat> was this a split vote decision? Or was this just him not knowing what the final decision ended up being? Because in his mind, it switched over to Romeo. Yeah, I mean, it felt, it kind of felt all over the place. I was shocked that it wasn't a unanimous decision. I didn't realize that they were splitting the vote if they were. Um, and and when, when Jeff was reading the votes, I was like, why is there so much? I really was thinking Romeo was going to go home, especially the way that Jonathan was talking about him. Um, so now, it was kind of shocking. Hi, uh, Romeo voting for high. I it took me a couple minutes to realize okay, this is probably just in case there was another vote. Um, th that uh, Chanel had some sort of idle advantage or usually shot in the dark. That way, there was another name out there. Why high? That's the one that where, where it confuses me. So, I'm excited to see where that tension is going to be. Though, again, he can easily throw the um vote over to Chanel and say it was Chanel who did it. Yeah, well, I well, I think it's kind of hard to lie about who you vote for, unless yeah. you unless other people are in on that lie with you. I think that's the only right. way it kind of works. But um, 
yeah i it really never made sense to me at all because i was like hi if if you're gonna throw another name out there why wouldn't you i don't know yeah it just didn't make sense i guess i'm i really love romeo is the thing i love the way he was playing and i still do i just think that he needs to get it together a little bit and remember that he yeah. kind of is a bad bitch and can do whatever he wants i agree well i got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast are you ready uh blame on me what is chanel's legacy chanel's legacy i don't know she was uh i believed in her she was on she was on my team and i don't know i feel like she was no she wasn't even good when she was on teams with mike because she was on a team with mike and that's where this whole thing started i think that she was kind of doing what she felt was right throughout the game and she like didn't let others really sway her what is that a double-edged sword probably but um in the end yeah i just think that you know she was good for as long as she lasted but she was not going to get very far yeah um and it's really interesting because we didn't get her backstory we know nothing about her we literally don't know anything i mean she's one of the five queer players of the season i you wouldn't have known unless you read the article yeah yeah Oh, that's wild. yeah. I think I hadn't really realized. I knew that there were five, but now, oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. Wait, and now I kind of wanted to come back next season. Maybe. <laughs> All right, we're getting rid of two people next week. Two people are gonna be safe. Who's in danger, girl? I think it's Jonathan. I think they have to get him out this time. If they have an opportunity, get out Jonathan and probably get out Tori, the strongest immunity challenge people. I think Tori, if she does not win, is an absolute goner she is done um i agree that jonathan should go what i'm thinking this is going to end up being is they're going to be split into two groups and there's going to be a winner from each group and then they're going to vote on their own so it's all going to come down to numbers um and with that i can see someone um like a rocks roy just being voted out because they need to vote someone out and he's really not a player in this game at all yeah, I feel like he's kind of coasting in a way. But we did get some backstory on him uh, when he was on that island. When he was like, oh, my wife. And I was like, what are you talking about? Effort? But he still <laughs> he still get, did get a little bit of an edit. So I'm like, I'm wondering where you're going to go. Oh, I will tell you right now, if if because of the, if it is a split tribal and, and um, things happen, I would love, love, just for shits and giggles, to watch Drea walk out with everything in her pocket. That would be so sad. It would be amazing as a Survivor fan because she would have played herself. <coughs> and like, like I said, she's got to start using these. She has to play something this next week. She has to. Yeah, if she doesn't, she's kind of sealing it in. It's kind of like when you're playing Mario Party and you have three items but you only have yeah. two turns left which ones do you use like exactly you're gonna, like you gonna what's the point well i ask this every week after seven episodes the winner of the season is hi all right you're I going high i think i could really get it um only because he was really strong and i think he's kind of like chilling out but i feel like his hard playing is gonna come fl- come back i think that He's the kind of player that will like that will take advantage of whatever he can. 
Yeah. You know, but also stay true to his alliance, even though he voted out Lydia, which I will never forgive him for. But whatever, that's neither nor there. I know, right? I'm still gonna double down since week one on and say Lindsay, even though I think her stock's dropping quite what? a bit. She's, everything she's ever said on the show has been positive, and it's very much like the Erica edit where we're only gonna we're, we're getting very little, but she ended up winning. She really, um, yeah. It's, oh, oh my gosh, that's a really good point now that I think about it. I kind of forgot that that's exactly how Erica played the game. But the other person, just based on confessionals, I'm gonna I'm going back and saying I think Marianne could win. Uh, wouldn't that be that would be so cool if Marianne won. She can win for all us weirdos. Yeah, she would be the most re- relatable winner as well, instead of a, I agree. A, Cop, <laughs> but yeah, I I think this is, is it's exciting because there definitely are a couple of people I don't want to win and I don't see them winning. So at this point, I'm, I'm I think I'm happy. We'll find out. We'll find out. Everyone's a fun option. I think everyone has an edge to them that I could yeah. see getting them far. Absolutely. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? So um, you can find me on Instagram at mixed flour tortilla. That's M X flour with the W and tortilla, like the food. <laughs> um, and I just started hosting at the duplex every Thursday, so I'm there now weekly, Amazing. which is really fun in the upstairs bar. It's a cute little show where I just kind of talk shit, and every once in a while I'll sing a song or two, you know. Um, so that's that's pretty much where you can find me right now. Otherwise, keep a, keep an eye out. I have some fun like short films coming out soon too. So if you want to see more of that, follow me on Instagram for sure. I love that. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. The biggest thanks to Flower for coming on. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.